This podcast was brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton, originally airing on SiriusXM. From the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School, this is Behind the Markets on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. Welcome to Behind the Markets here on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. I'm your host, Jeremy Schwartz, Global Head of Research at Wisdom Tree and ETF sponsor. My co-host is Warren Finance Professor Jeremy Siegel, author of Stocks for the Long Run and the Future for Investors. Joining me in the studio today is Lee Chen Ren, Director of Modern Alpha at Wisdom Tree. Please note, I'm Rogers Representative for Side Fund Services. Professor Siegel is a senior advisor to Wisdom Tree. Discussion is not tied to the offer sale investment products. The views of our guests are their own and not those of Wisdom Tree's affiliates. First for the first part of the show today, we're gonna have an interesting discussion. We're gonna talk a little bit about politics, the markets. You have Trump in the news all the time, and we've got uh, Looks like we're going to have a, a deal on the sort of new package and, and potentially a, an emergency funding for his wall. We're talking with Greg Valliere, who's got a new role, Chief Policy Stress, AGF Investments. Greg, you just changed firms here. Welcome back to our show. Well, thank you. It's a, it's a great firm. They're in Toronto. It's a little chilly up there. I spent the last week in Toronto in the snow, but I'm really excited. Thank you for, uh, for mentioning it. Tell us, tell us a little bit about AGF. What's, uh, what's their focus? Well, diversified financial uh, firm. They've been in existence since the mid-50s, one of the biggest firms in Canada uh, in, in our industry. They've got about 800 employees, and uh, I'm thrilled. I'm going to be doing a lot of international work. Very good. So how do you look at uh, the deal that's come together? Um, you know, always uh, some drama to the last minute. What, what's your thoughts on what, what we're seeing announced this week? Well, typical Trump, uh, waiting till the last minute like a reality TV star that he, he <laughs> is or was. And uh, I think that the real story going forward, of course, is the litigation. Uh, we'll see a lot of lawsuits. Uh, there might even be a resolution in both houses uh, disapproving of uh, him calling for a national emergency. Uh, this will go to the Supreme Court. Uh, most people, but not all, feel that uh, he doesn't have the authority to take money allocated by Congress for one thing and spending it on another. Uh, a real question here about separation of powers. But the good news is this. As a country, we get some relief from this damn story. Uh, for the next few weeks, while this winds its way through the courts, uh, we're not going to hear about the border or a shutdown every single day. Yeah, and so as you think about now, you, you sort of mentioned the global environment. Uh, you know, you heard Professor Siegel say he thought that the China deal was sort of priced into the markets. How do you look at the negotiations and all the news flow that we're seeing from from your sources talking about the China and U.S. deal? Well, I agree with the professor. I think the chances are good. And it's probably in the market that we will get a deal. Both Trump and Xi need one. Xi doesn't want to see his economy softening. He doesn't want uh, public unrest if there are uh, manufacturing jobs that are lost. Trump needs a happy market if he wants to get reelected, and I think uh, he knows that. So I think they both will come up with something, certainly not by the deadline of March 1. That has to be extended. Uh, maybe we go into late spring, early summer, and there's some big splashy event at Mar-a-Lago or you know, who knows where, where Trump and Xi reach an agreement in principle. But we still have a lot of issues to resolve, including whether or how we enforce all of this stuff. Yeah. And, and do you, have you heard what the big sticking points, like where is the, uh, the negotiations hung up on at the moment? Yeah, it, it is. Um, 
the enforcement mechanism. It's also the role of Chinese state-owned companies, which are monopolies that have shut out a lot of uh, companies. It's the Chinese treatment of dissidents. It's the Chinese theft of intellectual property. But from everything I can uh, discern, there has been progress between the two sides in the last few days. Now, your your note this morning sort of was talking about, well, what's the next crisis yeah. that we're going to talk about? <laughs> right. And so if we go beyond the, the China deal and we go beyond the, the border wall funding, how do you see the next, quote unquote, crisis that we're all going to be focused on, uh, the sort of risk factors to the market? Yeah, as I wrote this morning, it's Miller time or Mueller time. I, I do think that's the next story. And uh, really, because this has been an extraordinary week for news, there maybe wasn't adequate publicity to the fact that there were a lot of people at the Justice Department who were considering the 25th Amendment to oust Trump because of what they felt were his uh, blatant ties to Russia. Uh, this all came out in a book uh, by McCabe, the former FBI official. Uh, but I think beyond that, we're getting very close to uh, Mueller wrapping this thing up. Uh, maybe in the next two or three weeks. I, I do think there are going to be more indictments. I think that will uh, probably infuriate the president. You know, you don't know if he wants to maybe fire Mueller or issue blanket pardons. So you got to say, while the markets are looking at a better story with China, a real good story with the Fed, uh, no more government shutdowns, you have to think that this Mueller story is uncharted waters for the next several months for the markets. No, I see on Twitter trending is 25th Amendment uh, and sort of quoting Alan Dershowitz. For the people who may not be familiar with what all the politics here are and involve, like what's, can you give our, our listeners some background on, on the whole situation? Well, the 25th Amendment would be used to declare the president unfit, either mentally or legally or morally or, or uh, physically, to uh, continue as president. It's pretty radical, needless to say. Uh, and, but the fact that there were people at Justice who not only talked about this, but talked about wiretaps when they went to meet him, uh, that's pretty extraordinary. And I do think that uh, we've not heard the end of, of Mueller. You know, a lot of people felt over the last few, few months that Mueller didn't have much, that he was discredited. Uh, I strongly disagree. He has been interrogating uh, lots of people who uh, probably would like to cop a plea and make this go away. Uh, and I think that Mueller uh, is, you know, you look at his background, a former um, Marine Corps platoon leader, Purple Heart, Bronze Star, uh, deeply religious, best friends with Barr, who got confirmed yesterday as uh, attorney general. So Mueller's not going away, and most Republicans on Capitol Hill are quite insistent that he be allowed to finish. Yeah. yeah. As somebody who doesn't know about the 25th uh, Amendment, I, I just wonder, as if they invoke that, do they have to like get the evidence out in the open, or they do it in secret? I think they would have to get it out in the open. And frankly, I think the chances of this happening are, are very slim. I think Trump would say, with some justification, that this is a de facto coup, against him. And I, I think that the odds of this are are quite remote. I would add, however, the odds of him being impeached, I think, are a little bit higher than 50%. Impeached by the House, I still think he'll be acquitted by the Senate. That's the big part of the story. I don't see 
67 votes in the Senate to convict. That's very unlikely. This is what so this is what you call maybe the the crisis the uh, the next the next question. Yeah. There's always sort of a question: What how are the markets going to react? The markets don't like uncertainty, yep. so anything that creates more uncertainty certainly uh, could be a problem. But is you could say is 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 he really been the most certain president in a way? Is, is his policies? You know what is that Professor Seals talked about? Maybe the markets would go up in uh, in in a different in a different world there. Well, the market's been pretty uh, uh, blasé and uh, unaffected almost oblivious to all of the the Mueller stuff. And I do think what's in the markets, as the professor would say, is maybe impeachment by the House, but again, acquittal by the Senate. As long as that's in the markets, I think we're okay. But but what you don't know about is wild cards. You know, would he try to fire Mueller? That would elevate this to a greater crisis. Uh, What does Cohen have? Many people feel that uh, Michael Cohen uh, obsessively tape-recorded everything. And Cohen may have a lot that could uh, deeply hurt the president. Uh, and so, so, Greg, a lot of interesting stuff. As you think about just the, the other major battles coming for the, you know, things that are going to shape policy, the markets for the, the coming year. Um, the other big story has been the Fed. I know you've been watching the Fed. Yeah. Uh, any views, you know, how much what do you think the Fed's taking action this year? What, what's your general thoughts on how the Fed's going to shape out this year? Well, my take, Jeremy, is that the Fed was not intimidated by Donald Trump. That's not going to happen. Powell would not allow that to happen. But I would argue the Fed was intimidated by the markets, uh, which said to him, in effect, uh, don't do this. You're doing too much. When Powell said during the fall that he might uh, raise rates aggressively. And now I think he's gotten the message, as we all know, after the pre-Christmas market debacle, and I think there's a very good chance the Fed does nothing this year. I'm sure many of your guests would uh, agree with that. And this weird retail sales report that the professor mentioned, you know, maybe it was a fluke. Maybe there was something that wasn't right about it. But until we get more data, the Fed's on the sidelines. I think the Fed's on the sidelines for months to come. Uh, have you seen any new bills, new things that policies that you're you think are have a chance of getting approved by the Senate and the House? Anything that they could come together on? No, about <laughs> <I think laughs> partisan pretty, uh, politics, nothing happening. I, yeah, I mean, everyone talks about infrastructure. Like maybe we'll get a bill because people agree with the premise that we need to do something. But then there's the little de- fact that the details are just totally, totally fractious. That. Both parties disagree on whether you tax uh, to pay for this stuff. How do you pay for infrastructure repairs? So I'd say the chances are, are not real good. But actually, if we got one more minute, I'd say the, um, the thing that I am most concerned about is geopolitical. Uh, North Korea has not complied. Uh, there's real friction with Russia on several issues. Uh, we've got Brexit, of course, at the end of March. You've got the the yellow jacket protests in Paris. You've got weak growth in Western Europe. Uh, so I, I think there are geopolitical stories that it will get a lot more attention over the next few months. Yeah, on, on the not uh, not to take sidetrack from the geopolitics, but the on the infrastructure, it, it's interesting. On the we saw news this week on the West Coast, California scrapped their high speed rail line. Yeah, uh, we're both uh, been East Coast people, and we could use more on the Northeast corridor. We could use some better high-speed rail lines ourselves, um, do you think they would invest in that? You would. Or anybody who's driven on the uh, the BQE or the Long Island Expressway or a lot of the main uh, highways in the Northeast know that uh, they need uh, repairs. But I just don't see a 
a consensus. You know, one other thing that's going to be interesting this year is the, the enormity of the federal debt. Uh, we're going to come close to one trillion in this fiscal year in a full employment economy, which is pretty uh, weird. And I do think that there's one more big budget fight uh, coming. That's the debt ceiling, uh, which will hit in the end of March. Mnuchin can keep things going probably till midsummer, but by midsummer we're going to have another big uh, fight over whether we shut the government down, whether the government defaults on debt. I don't think that's going to happen, but it will attract attention to the fact that the deficit right now is just totally out of control. Very good, Greg. It's always catching up. Good catching up with you. Any closing thoughts? Things that you're you're focused on? Well, I mean, I tell all of the people I make speeches to that. A uh, lot of craziness in Washington, weird tweets, but that I think you should largely ignore. I think for investors, people who are listening to us right now, the fundamentals are still fine. Modest inflation, okay GDP growth, good corporate profits, tremendous labor market. So I think the fundamentals are still good despite all of the dysfunction in Washington. Good, consistent message. Thanks, Greg. Great. Great to talk to you. Thank you. For more insight from Business Radio, please visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.